0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with Rich Klein. Thanks, sponsors Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Special thanks to ComC, <laughs> Rich's employer, and I really enjoy that service, but also Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, as well as Tops, Upper Deck, and Panini. But we're going to talk a little bit about ComC today, Rich. So this is uh, near and dear to you, but it also applies to me because I've sent in some of these smaller sets. Do you send it in? If it's a smaller set, you're probably putting it in the standard uh, submission. How do you price it? What are your expectations? Because I've found that you can actually lose money sometimes if you injudiciously send stuff to Com C. And then that gives people a bad experience. It's not Com C's fault, they have their rules and regulations. So, welcome to the show, Rich. Your credentials are. Uh, too long to list in the hobby, but today we're going to talk about some of your feelings about Com C, warm feelings. And you're a guy that's had small sets and the cards that are $2.50 or less. What's your sense of this that you've got 30 well, cards? You know,
1: and we're going to talk a little about history. I blew it, you blew it when Com C began. And Tim Getz, our owners, talked on a recent interview with Jeremy Lee, how he remembered there were 800 count boxes you could send in for $100. I remember. You know, that. I got in and on a half some of a that.
0: But the, at one
1: point, he started to limit it
0: <laughs> to one per person. And I wanted to get more than one account you know, so I could send in a bunch. But yeah.
1: And there were also, <laughs> I think I remember in Sports Collectors Digest ads to send in the cards for 10 cents each. So there were at 10 cents or 12 and a half cents apiece. Let's be honest. It's a gimme to send in something that nobody else has, even if it's an obscure minor league set. And I use this well, example. I, and I, I did some of that. Yeah. And I know this set is more expensive than a lot, but I'll use it as an example because I remember it so vividly. The 78 Newark co pilots TCMA set, it happened to have Doug Jones, who the late Doug Jones, who ended up with 200 career saves in the major. So it ended up with a competent major leaguer. But other than him, I don't think anybody even made the majors. But at a dime a piece, if you catch a family member wanting all the cards of their father or whatever, oh, there it is. Okay. The person sent it in for a dime. He puts it out at 250 or 295 or whatever. Oh, I can afford that. Let me go buy it. So you can certainly take those sets and say, at that price, it's a gimme. Okay. It's, when I started a com C five and a half years ago, it was 25 cents to send in a card. That to me is still very oh yeah. Let's send in all those cards, as you said. And today it's 50 cents a card for standard processing. That is something where then you have to sit and think and say, okay, do I really want to do this? And there's a lot to say yes and no, but it's certainly just like everything else, a different world. But if you think about it in terms of wax prices, it's pretty similar to what's going on with a lot of baseball wax prices or basketball wax prices or hockey wax prices or football wax prices that have exploded in recent years. Heritage boxes used to be, for the first 15 years, maybe one or two exceptions, you could buy the box $60, $70 on contact. 2017, 2018, they went to 140 on contact. It's harder to pull out anything to make your money back at that price. So the world is changing, too. And you have to think about at $0.50 a card, I understand that many of these cards are going to be dead inventory, and am I comfortable with spending $15 to list a set that I may or may not sell 20% of the players from? And you've probably figured out on most of these minor league sets, are you selling 20% of the players you list? And the answer is yes,
0: with an asterisk. So let me explain what what I do. Because, first of all, if we take in a worst case scenario, we're talking about a 30 card minor league set that I could otherwise sell maybe not even for five bucks. Okay. Because, like you said, it's Doug Jones, and it's the best guy who was competent and good, but not going to drive a lot of demand for that particular. Set. So you have a choice of selling it right now for five bucks, which, if you can even get that, or sending it to ComC and paying 15 bucks. Now, that's 15 bucks of store credit that you can use. You've got some credit there. So that's a tiny discount there, 10% off. But then if you priced every card at $2 or $250, you've got $60 or $75 worth of nominally priced cards. On the other hand, if it's $60, if they're two bucks a piece, if you sell them, you lose 5%. If you cash them out, you lose another ten percent. If somebody makes an offer, you could lose ten to to fifty percent, uh, depending on whether you would accept the offer. So the point at which, if all those things worked up, even if you sold them all, you'd have trouble breaking even or making. Well, if you
1: sold them all, if you you sold them all, you, you, them all you
0: still win because you get your sixty bucks. But it's sixty bucks less five percent, less ten percent, less the offers that you got. It still covers your fifteen bucks. Okay, but I go back to my one percent rule. I have two one percent rules. One is that I want to sell one percent of my cards every month. And the reason I stumbled onto that is I was noticing on my Com C account, I was selling about one percent of what I had on Com C a month, and I thought that's reasonable. I've got a lot of cards there, and not everything's going to sell every month. So this is my long answer for you, Rich. If I put a thirty card set out there at two bucks or two fifty or whatever it is, I think I'm going to sell one percent of those a month. That means in 100 months, I would have sold them, which is not going to happen. But in in 50 months, which is four years about, I might sell 50% of them. So that's kind of my metric. I think if in five years, I sell half of them, then I got 30 bucks for my $15 investment in 2022. Plus, I've got the rest of the cards sitting there in case they may sell in future months in year six, seven, or eight. Uh, obviously, anyway, I'm not talking against myself. I really don't do that anymore because the 50 cents is not worth it. The only way it's worth it is if there's a couple of guys in the set that might have a, a better velocity of sales or a higher price. And probably better than a Doug Jones. No offense, Doug. The other thing you can't do when you're doing that, Rich, is you can't do uh, multiples. If you had 10 of these sets, 10 copies of the same set, Doug Jones's parents, brothers, uncles, cousins are not necessarily going to buy 10 copies. They might or an autograph person might, but they're going to want a, a way cheaper price, I think. So you can't do it as multiples whereas with a modern card that has high demand, when I had some common Kobe cards, I put them up there and they eventually sell or Tom Brady on a base card. The the
1: cards are not in the data. So
0: one well, thing- That's that's your problem. And actually, your problem in the particular your, not just a corporate problem, but it's a rich client problem, isn't it? And I don't hate to make work for you. It does provide for your job security. But yeah.
1: So, But in terms of being a seller, I will tell you, one of my friends, he tested out CompSea. We had several meetings, several lunches. I explained to him. How did, and thankfully these conversations do not involve any confidentiality issues because I can do that all without even being in the database, look for things that aren't in the database. And granted he had better players and he found things that weren't in the database and he knew his comps. He looked up, hundred cards on eBay. They broke on a Friday. By Monday, he had five cards left. So your examples, his were more name players. And they were better cards. So it's not quite the same, but the point is similar. If you have something that's new, people have alerts and say, oh, this is new. Let me go buy it. So there is that aspect to adding something. Yes, and granted, it helps my job security to to keep adding things to the database. I'm amazed by what we keep adding.
0: Well, I'm a contrary sometimes. And so basically, one of the things, my 1% rule is that because A lot of the stuff I'll put up there are not the known players. In fact, there is some action, as you said, less well-known or players that have very few cards because they're not on eBay necessarily other than through ComC. These individual players that have only one card or it's a minor league card of a guy that only has one card. So that's going the opposite direction from putting up a popular cards That have One of the things I enjoy on the Com C is you can look up in the upper left corner, they'll have kind of the last four years of sales, how many cards sold. If it's a popular player, I like it if no cards have been sold, because if you're the only one, you're the first one to put something there. But some of these cards, there's 200 copies of the card have been sold in the last four years. And the other thing that means is you don't even have to be the lowest price guy. Let me find
1: out a question. I won't name the player. There's I had to do some database work on a Baseball Hall of Famer, 72 first series. We've had 600 copies sent to CompSE over the years. You're sending a minor league player who may have no other cards or the set may only have one or two other people in it, granted it's 50 cents a card. Where would you rather be as a seller? Would you rather be one of the 600 or however many are left in the system or would you rather have a shot of one or two cards? I'd, I'd, I'd rather
0: be with whatever sells. But but the real issue is, what do I have in my hand? And do I send it to Comp C or not? Both those situations, Rich, can work. So I don't prefer one or the other. That's why I've enjoyed this experience of buying a box of cards from somebody, or whether it's a monster box or a double shoe, and then deciding some of them I can just see by looking. I'm going to send that to Comp C, but others I'm not sure. And I'll check out and I'll be surprised that there's too many there at a really low price of a really good player. But then the next card I look at is a bad player or somebody that's not well-known at all. There's no cards there. And I think I'm testing it because maybe there's no cards there because that player doesn't sell. On the other hand, if it's football or basketball, what college they went to matters. There's a following, not so much baseball, I think, but there's some team interest in baseball. But when you get to the basketball and football, if they went to a popular college, you could more likely get some action just because of that.
1: Yeah. I wonder if somebody like Rex Chapman, who's very popular on Twitter and he's going to be on part of the NCAA March Madness uh, basketball tournament coverage, somebody like that, he's not a superstar. Good but example. I believe he went to Kentucky, I think. He's Kentucky,
0: know. right. He's Kentucky. So he's
1: got the college. But he was popular even then. Is this going to take him to another level? Because he's apparently a great Twitter follow. I,
0: I totally hear you. And that's the way people ought to be thinking. But if you're already a Kentucky fan, th- there's some potential action there. So that's the kind of stuff i pick out of a dollar. I'm not just going to pick out a base common, but something that, that I think, hmm, there's probably not very many of those on Com C. So it doesn't have to be just minor league cards or these small sets. It's anything you have in your hand that you say, I bought this card. There's cards I bought in a dime box. And I thought, wait a minute, I paid a dime for it. Whether I paid a dime or a quarter, it's costing me 50 cents to put it on Comp C. What's wrong with this picture? But all I need to think about is that if I paid 10 cents for it, if I put it on Com C, now I've got 60 cents on it. Is my expectation that over the next five years, 50% chance of selling it? And if I think I can, I will. Uh, And I
1: think some of these things, especially some of these parallels really surprise us. So there is stuff out there that you don't realize how good it is for Com C until you actually look and say, wait a second. Here's the problem. And I think there's some
0: people that have done this that Com C is trying to discourage. If you're given a box of cards, if it was 10 cents to submit them to Com C and they were pretty good cards, you could just ship the box to Com C. And I think people did that in the early days. But at 50 cents a card, even if every card you got was free, it may not be wise to send it. You need to know which ones. Uh, otherwise, it's going to sit there. And that's why people had paid 50 cents to, to list a card. And now the card goes for a dime on Com C. Or it could go for a penny.
1: Well, there's, also so port, there's also port
0: sales. There's port sales. And you can flip it to your port, but if it doesn't sell for Peter, why is it going to sell for Paul? But you can
1: sell it cheaper because usually port sales are 10 or 15% of the the retail asking price. And then you can be cheaper. I, I get asked that question and I point out the cheap submission prices way back in the day and the port sales. But you are correct. It looks funky to see that. But again, there's stuff out there that's good price, good value. We set up at the Dallas Card Show. We got a whole bunch of cards in. Most of the people who gave us cards were not first-time submitters. I think we had one or two, and we explained that. But repeat submitters, all new, and they've done their own research, just like you have. And that's one of the most important things before you send ComC cards is to do your research. And if you had a 30-card minor league set that's not in the database and you're comfortable, as Dr. Jim says, that it's not going to sell immediately, then I would definitely recommend on a personal level sending them in because, A, it'll give me more work, which is always good. (laughs) And B, you're the only one with them.
0: So the rich factor, okay. I would tell
1: Jim to send in those cards. I haven't done that many port
0: sales, but I have noticed that occasionally a port sale can get dangerously close to 50 cents a card if it's a large port. And I'm thinking, how does this work? It's again, like I say, the sunk cost fallacy. And you've pointed out, this may be a long time ComC user that submitted cards 10 years ago at 10 or 12 or 15 cents a card and so they're getting fifty cents a card. They may be technically making money, and they're converting cards to cash. And uh, if you need the money, how much you paid for them is not as relevant. I guess you to have a tax loss. But anyway, see y'all tomorrow, and thanks, to Rich Klein, for another entertaining episode.